On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, a new filing by Tesla China suggests that the Model Y's black trim slash chrome-free look might be coming to the Model 3. Plus, did Elon Musk just hint at the possibility of a Tesla jet? Also, new features coming to your car any moment now and more. What's happening, friends? I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This is the August 30th edition of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, episode 265. Hanging out behind me, just relaxing on her dog bed, is Daisy the Boxer, of course. And plenty more to cover, as always, this week. Before I get started, I wanted to say a thank you to all of the new Patreon supporters. This, again, this was the sort of five-year anniversary celebration of this podcast. I can't believe it's been five years already. You know, I was, when I started doing this, I didn't think about how long I would do it for. I never kind of thought about, well, do I do this for five years, three years? Uh, you know, what, what's, what's the end game look like? And I'll tell you, I really haven't no intention to stop ever really. I mean, it's, it's so much, it's been so much fun to do this. And the, the feedback has been so constructive and, and joyful and enthusiastic and wonderful from everybody over the years. And that I just feel like we're just getting started, not only with this podcast, but with just with Tesla stuff in general, that Tesla themselves is only just getting started. So I'm having a great time. Uh, it's been a fun five years so far. And again, I want to say thank you to all of the new Patreon supporters that uh, either joined at that new $7 tier or higher or upgraded to it. So as promised, I'll be doing the group Google Hangout for all of those new people uh, next weekend, Sunday, September 6th at noon Pacific time. I will be sending out an email to everybody who is eligible. All right, well, let's get rolling with the Tesla news for this week. First up, Chrome Delete. It is a popular option, I would say, in the Tesla community. I mean, not in the sense that everybody's doing it, but it is it is a thing that a lot of people enjoy on their cars. Chrome seems to be a pretty subjective thing in the Chrome trim. And of course, every Tesla has Chrome trim around the windows, except the Model Y. The newest Tesla vehicle does not have it, and the uh, Tesla Roadster prototype does not feature any bits of Chrome either, so it would seem that perhaps Tesla is moving away from the use of Chrome at all, and this filing uh, that I'm about to tell you about suggests more of that. So my friend Vincent from Tesmanian.com reports that, quote, based on a recent document filed by Tesla China to the Ministry of Industry and Information Technology in China, the Tesla Model 3 from Gigafactory Shanghai will soon come complete with, quote unquote, Chrome Delete, which really will just be black trim because they won't be making it Chrome and then deleting it. But just for the sake of discussion, you you, you get what I'm saying. Uh, anyway, uh, Tesmanian finishes up by saying, uh, or I should say, Tesmanian finishes up by including a picture that Tesla supplied in their filing. So there is a photo, a series of photos of a blue Shanghai-built Model 3 as evidence here. So uh, we won't know for sure that this is definitely happening until the cars start coming out of the factory and being delivered this way. 
but this sure looks pretty concrete based on these materials filed by Tesla China. And as such, I'm very much inclined to believe that this is accurate. And that leads to the next question then, well, will this come to the United States? Will Fremont follow suit with this? And uh, history suggests that yes, it most certainly will, and soon all Model 3s will come with black window uh, window trim as well as door handles, and then the uh, repeater cameras are also currently got, they have chrome trim on them that would uh, be changed over as well. However, it is interesting if you, if you stop and think about it, uh, if you're wondering, oh, wait, let me picture a Model Y and how that looks. The, the badges on the car, the Tesla T logos on the hood and trunk, as well as the dual motor lettering, if you purchase the dual motor long range version of the Model Y, those are just in regular chrome. So though there are still chrome bits on the Model Y, but uh, they're pretty minimal. It's kind of interesting that they didn't also switch the the badges to uh, to the black trim. But anyway, uh, so yes, I do think if this indeed comes to fruition in Shanghai, it's going to happen in Fremont on the Fremont-built Model 3s for the rest of the world as well, just like the Model Y's center console that uh, eventually found its way to the Model 3 did so in Model 3, excuse me, in Made in China Model 3s first before finding their way to Fremont. And, you know, if you stop, stop and think about it, I think it does make sense for Tesla to switch the Model 3 over to the black trim because uh, most importantly for Tesla, you've got more parts cost savings because you'd have just one door handle for both of your high volume cars. So basically one door handle, uh, there's four per car. And if between when the three, or excuse me, when the Y hits full production, if that's going to be an, end up four or 500,000 units a year, uh, and, and the model three is, is about the same little less. I mean, you're, you're talking roughly 4 million identical door handles per year rather than uh, two, a batch of 2 million silver or, you know, chrome and 2 million black. So I'm sure there would be a cost savings there uh, for Tesla, no doubt. And then, uh, yeah, you'd also, of course, it's, it's again, the, uh, the door handles, the repeater trim on the, on the autopilot cameras and, uh, well, I guess the door trim kind of the mirror trim, the bottom of the mirrors is sort of part of that as well. But, um, although I would think the window trim specifically is probably a different length per car. Maybe it's all sort of, I guess, yeah, I don't know quite how that works. If the, if there's any crossover in those pieces, just because of the size of the greenhouses and, and thus the, the length of those trim pieces around the the greenhouse are probably different. But in any case, it would certainly still be cost savings that Tesla could realize. And also, I think it would kind of freshen up the look of the Model 3 now that we're, we're a good three years plus into production now. And if you even take it a step further than that, the Performance Model 3 now comes equipped uh, with the dark gray 20-inch wheels, the stiletto sport-style wheels, so it would match that look a little bit better. 
And of course, most Model 3s, I'm sure there are most people opt, uh, if we had the numbers in front of us, most Model 3s come equipped with the 18s and then certainly some, some choose the 19s and just the performance models, which are a, a smaller fraction of the uh, cars built are have the 20-inch performance wheels. But anyway, those 18s, those are a dark gray color as well. The aero covers, or even if you take the aero covers off, the wheel underneath is a dark gray. So it does stylistically even make a bit of sense for Tesla to go that way also. So yeah, if this does indeed prove true, as it appears likely, it will suddenly become even harder on the road to tell a Model 3 and a Model Y apart. Now, as I started to mention at the top of this, from what I read in the community, which is a lot, I'm in there, you know, I'm out there seeing what everybody's saying every day, people are pretty, I don't know if torn is the right word, but there are definitely a couple of camps. Some people really don't like the chrome trim and they want to get rid of it. And some people really do like it, that, it, that it's, you know, a touch of it's kind of a nice and classy if, if it's done, you know, in, the, in a nice way, which I, I think those people and I agree, Tesla does it in a pretty nice way. So I don't know. I, I'm a fan of, of the Chrome. I do like it. I think it looks nice on my car, but I also don't mind the Model Y's black trim at all, particularly uh, if you see a black Model Y and then it's got the black door handles to go with it. It looks really nice. I'm definitely a fan of that look. So, uh, in fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to you more later in the podcast about uh, how I'm wrestling with the Chrome delete decision because of because of new wheels. So I'll I'll talk about that later on in the podcast. But anyway, yeah. So it seems like probably not if with this, but more like when. So I'll keep you updated as I hear more. Next up this week, did Elon Musk just hint at the possibility of a future Tesla jet? Maybe. Sam Chorus from the ARK Invest Group, they are, uh, by their own words, quote, investment advisors focused solely on disruptive innovation. They are very, very pro-Tesla. They're big Tesla bulls. They had, if you remember, if that name sounds familiar, it has been mentioned on this show before because they had Elon on their podcast. I believe it was last year at some point because mine was la- my interview with Elon was last year. I think theirs was, you know, I can't even remember anymore. That just feels like 20 years ago. Anything from before this year feels like a while ago. But in any case, the ARK Invest folks did have Elon on their podcast. And yes, they are very focused on autonomous uh, technology and, and investing in disruptive, innovative things. So uh, Sam from that group tweeted, why does Elon Musk keep hinting at his excitement for an electric jet? In the past, he has said that electric flight starts to get interesting once you hit 400 watt hours per kilogram. Uh, and then uh, he went on to give some supportive theories to his argument. And Elon replied to this saying, quote, 400 watt hours per kilogram with high cycle life produced in volume, not just in a lab, is not far, probably three to four years. So I don't want to read too far into this because Elon obviously didn't say anything specific about, yes, we're going to build a jet or yes, we're going to try to do jet technology. But 
uh, it does seem to indicate here that Elon believes the technology to do an elect a feasible electric jet will be there in the next four years or so. Although even if it is, it'll probably take some number of years past that to actually develop a functioning product around that technology. Um, although Elon did kind of note that saying produced in volume, not in a lab. Although he's kind of talking more about, about the batteries there than a jet itself. So it's you're going to have to build on top of that that uh, building block, really, so, uh, being the battery. So um, anyway, though, I, I still I thought it was interesting and, and thought I might share it because, hey, we're all Tesla fans and we all want to see more uh, transportation modes go electric. We all enjoy our Teslas. Otherwise, you certainly wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you didn't. And really, the idea of a small electric passenger jet, that is intriguing, even if the use cases aren't super likely to trickle down to affordable long-distance air travel anytime soon, but it's because it's got to start somewhere, right? Like Tesla did with the $109,000 original Tesla Roadster that that begat the Model S, which begat the... Uh, well, the X wasn't really cheaper, but eventually the three, and here we are, we're now down with the standard range three, it starts under $40,000. So we've seen that happen in the car f- field. I have every reason to believe that if not Tesla, someone perhaps using Tesla technology will do it in a plane, in a jet at some point soon. But hey, why not just fantasize for a second about a jet in the Tesla lineup, like Tesla getting into the jet business. You'd have the S, you'd have the three, the X, the Y, the sexy lineup, plus the semi, plus the roadster, plus the Cybertruck, and then the jet. <laughs> that would be that would be a heck of a lineup, wouldn't it? Uh, next up this week, new features coming to your car if you haven't received them already in version 32.3 that's of course 2020.32.3 every every version of the software this year of course starts with 2020 because it's the the version numbers are the year and then and then the second number the two digit number is the week of the year and then i think the numbers after that like the dot 3 is just the Whatever the I don't I don't think it's the day specifically in that case I think it's just whatever build that is because there's you know there's 32.0 or 32.1 in this case 32.3 some new features first up coordination with the power wall so if there's a power outage the car will not charge in order to preserve the energy for your home use that seems super smart in the event of a power outage I like that. Next in 32.3, car left open notifications. If anything on the car, doors or trunk, is left open for 10 minutes after you walk away from the car, you will get a push notification from the Tesla app alerting you to that. I also think that's super awesome. In fact, that one is so smart and so practical that I'm actually surprised it's a new feature. I, I kind of would have thought we had that one already. So uh, very happy to see that. Next, close windows on lock. You can set your car to automatically roll up the windows when it locks. Another one I would say that fits into the no-brainer category of the sort of security slash quality of life 
uh, a bucket. Very happy to see that one. And then uh, fourth here, a notifications history now available, which is exactly what it sounds like. You can go back and look at anything that the car has flagged for you over time. That's one that's just nice to see Tesla surfacing for users to access, because obviously they can see all that if you take your car to the service center for something. Uh, so it's nice to, I mean, they can see a lot more than just that, but it's nice that they're allowing users to have that notifications history accessible to them as well. Now, uh, we got another version this week, or at least it's imminent. I had a screenshot of the release notes sent to me by a good Samaritan. So uh, this, by the time you hear this podcast, you may have it. Otherwise, you'll be getting it very soon as of my recording on late Friday night, as usual. I have not personally received 2020.36. I guess in general, it seems like I tend to get updates... I'm not, I'm never the first one to get them. I'm not in the early access or anything like that, but I generally, I think I tend to be not right at the front of the line, but kind of in the first big group, it seems like from what I see out there. So anyway, maybe you'll get it. If not, you should expect it very soon. 2020.36, a few more interesting new features, including speed assist improvements. So this is the autopilot cameras being able to read speed limit signs on the road and adjust accordingly, which this is this one's been talked about for a while. As you'll recall, uh, when I'd previously mentioned this, this is the feature that the Mobileye-powered autopilot hardware one cars have been able to do since the beginning. And the reason for that is because Mobileye had a patent on it. So Tesla has, since they have been developing completely their own autopilot uh, driver assistance system, their own uh, hardware, they have had to try and figure out their own solution that does not infringe upon the Mobileye patent, and they have clearly now done that. So this is the feature out of everything I've mentioned to you so far. This is the one that I'm most eager to get and get out and give it a try because There are most certainly roads that I travel on on a very regular basis where autopilot doesn't know the correct speed. It's going by whatever's logged in its in its system, whether that's from, you know, Google Maps or or something. But uh, it is wrong when when I encounter that spot and I have to be alert. So uh, I'm going to be curious to test this out. And then next, if you want to change your auto steer or cruise control speed to whatever speed you're going, all you got to do, tap the speedometer readout. Done. That's it. So that's a neat little uh, quality of life thing. Now you can still tap the speed limit sign, which is to the right of that, at least on the Model 3 and the Model Y, and that will set your autopilot speed to whatever the speed limit is. Or if you have your uh, autopilot set to, like for instance, a relative like a plus five or something. Mine, for instance, is set to relative plus eight. So if uh, there's a 65 mile an hour speed limit and I press that speed limit icon, it will set my autopilot speed to 73 miles per hour and stay there. So that's another nice new little feature. And finally, green light traffic chime. You can now enable a chime when tra- uh, when traffic-assisted cruise control or auto-steer 
are enabled so that the car alerts you when the light turns green, just in case maybe you've looked away or something like that. So you'll be able to either give the accelerator a tap if it's safe or give the uh, gear selector stalk a tap down to let your car know that you have agreed to let it proceed forward. So glad to have this option as well. Lots of great features here of these last couple versions. Love to see it. Next up this week, uh, this you gotta hang with me on this one. This is an absolutely insane story from Teslarati this week. I would encourage you to read the whole thing, but I'm gonna actually share a good chunk of it with you. I hope my friends at Teslarati don't mind, because you've got to hear this. This one's kind of tough to summarize in, in just one little paragraph. This is a long one, bear with me. A Tesla worker at the Gigafactory in Nevada ended up turning down a $1 million incentive, meaning basically a bribe, uh, and instead choosing to work closely with the FBI and helping to thwart a planned cybersecurity attack against Tesla. So this comes via Teslarati. This Tuesday, the Department of Justice announced the arrest of, of Igor Igorovich uh, Kruichkov. There, I think I got that. A Russian citizen accused of conspiring to breach the network of a U.S. company and introduce malware to compromise the said company's networks. Media reports about the incident have identified the U.S. company to be the electric car maker Tesla. Interestingly enough, a criminal complaint filed by the FBI Las Vegas field office suggests that the attempted cybersecurity attack is no ordinary hacking attempt. It may very well be part of a well-financed, organized scheme. During their, quote, business meeting, Kruichkov revealed his hand. The plan involved the Tesla employee inserting malware provided by Kruichkov and his associates into the electric car maker's systems. After the malware is inserted, a distributed denial of service, that's a DDoS attack, would occur that could allow the hackers to occupy the Tesla information security system. The malware would also allow the hackers to extract corporate and network data, which would be held ransom until Tesla pays up. For his participation in the ploy, the Gigafactory Nevada employee would receive half a million dollars, later raised to $1 million to be paid in cash or Bitcoin. Unfortunately for Kruichkoff and his team, the Giga Nevada employee actually reported the planned cybersecurity attack on Tesla, which in turn contacted the FBI. The FBI stepped in, and with the agency's help, the Tesla employee continued to communicate with Kruichkoff, trying to get as much information as possible about the hacker's processes, procedures, and infrastructure, The efforts proved fruitful. In one conversation, the hacker reportedly boasted that his team had recently received a ransom worth over $4 million from a high-profile company. Later reports would reveal that the company in question was CWT Travel, which reportedly paid a handsome, a a handsome, well, a handsome $4.5 million ransom. Uh, During, sorry, I'll get back back on track here. During a meeting on August 19th, the Tesla employee wearing a wire from the FBI met with Kruichkov. The hacker agreed to pay an advance of $11,000 to the Giga Nevada worker 
Two days later, on August 21st, the Tesla employee was contacted by the hacker once more, who stated that the project was being, quote, delayed and all payments relating to the plan would not be transferred until a later date. Kruichkov also informed the Tesla employee that he was leaving the area the following day. Behind the scenes, the FBI was able to get in touch with the hacker, who in turn drove overnight from Reno, Nevada to Los Angeles in what appeared to be an attempt to flee the United States. Kruichkov was unsuccessful as he was arrested on August 22nd, 2020 in Los Angeles. The hacker is currently being detained pending trial. So great job reporting that by Tesla Rati. Uh, and Elon Musk responded to Tesla Rati's Twitter post about this, just their usual you know, post promoting the story, trying to get people to come read it. Elon saying, quote, much appreciated. This was a serious attack, end quote. And you know, unfortunately, the bigger Tesla gets, the more things like this are going to happen or you know, hopefully just attempt to happen and continue to not be successful. But the reality is with Tesla's market cap, which I'm going to talk about in just a second here, the target on Tesla's back is a big one. So I say good on this employee for doing the right thing, not just morally, but also most certainly legally as well, doing the legal right thing. But uh, yeah, great to see that the, the hacking attempt failed on this. Finally this week, for those of you who are Tesla shareholders, the stock closed for this week at $2,213.40. So if my math is correct, it will now open on Monday, split five ways per share at now $442.68 per share. So if you've wanted to get in uh, on Tesla and... Maybe you know. Maybe you just want to buy one share because you believe in the company. But maybe you want to do some serious investing and and get some shares. Uh, you know, you you can get in a little more affordably now than you could before, as it as it had continued to rocket past. Boy, it was just it was just a few short months ago when it hit one thousand dollars per share. Now here we are, twenty two thirteen forty, splitting five ways now to four forty two sixty eight. So. Uh, great stuff for Tesla. Glad to see their financial health continue to be strong because that means they will be empowered and f more financially secure to carry out their mission and continue to bring new products to market like the Cybertruck, like the Roadster, like the Semi-Truck. All right, that is everything I've got for you in the, in the world of Tesla news for this week. But stick with me, some really excellent phone calls from you guys coming up in the Ride the Lightning hotline right after this. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief, out. Time for the Ride the Lightning Hotline. It is your chance to call in with your Tesla questions, comments, and discussion topics 
bunch of great calls lined up this week. But before I get to those, I just want to tell you how you can participate if you so choose and invite you to do so. I love hearing from you. I love this part of the podcast. It's so much fun for me to hear from all of you and get all your different perspectives, thoughts and ideas. A lot of great, a lot of great conversations and ideas come out of this segment every week. So you can call in in one of two easy ways. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software and just record your question. Please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less. And then you can email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can take that same 90 second or less call and dial in and actually call in to the Ride the Lightning hotline. You just leave a message. It's that simple. It's a toll free number and you call 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Ryan from Chicago is up first. Ryan, you are on the air. Hi, Ryan. This is Ryan from Chicago. First time caller, but I've uh, been listening for a while and I love your show and all the helpful information you provide. Uh, so I just wanted to comment uh, with the Tesla stock split coming up at the end of the month. I uh, wanted to share something recently that was uh, pointed out to me. Uh, maybe you or your listeners have already observed this, but uh, as I was going through various Tesla articles, Reddit posts, YouTube videos, et cetera, uh, this week there were quite a few people that um, mentioned Elon's tweet back in May where he said that the stock price is too high, if you'll recall, and pointing out that uh, he said the stock price is too high, not that it's overvalued, but the price was too high. So other people went on to comment that um, – Elon published that tweet at 8.11 in the morning on May 1st, or 5.1, if you write out the date numerically. So at 8.11 on 5.1, he made that tweet. And then last week, of course, Tesla made the announcement on August 11th, or 8.11, that the stock would split 5 for 1, 5 for 1. So kind of interesting there that uh, those numbers line up pretty nicely. Um, coincidence, perhaps? Mm, I suppose that would be the official response from Elon uh, and Tesla if asked about it. But uh, that kind of Easter egg or clue does certainly seem to play right into Elon's sense of humor. So just thought that was really interesting. I kind of blew my mind for a second and uh, uh, something that a lot more observant people than myself were able to pick up on. So one thing's for sure, I'll definitely be paying a lot more attention to Elon's tweets from now on. So wanted to share that. Thanks for all the great content you provide, and uh, keep up the good work. Thanks. Hello, fellow Ryan. Welcome to the podcast. Well, this is pretty fantastic. Thank you very much for sharing this. And as you noted, while this is kind of up Elon's alley as far as sense of humor goes, I have to believe this is just one heck of a coincidence. I would be more willing to put my tinfoil hat on and go along with this if the numbers were either of some obvious significance, uh, 8.11 doesn't reference anything that I'm aware of, or just the number was just funny, like 420 or 69, both of which we saw Tesla use in the price of the short shorts recently, which of course were themselves a goof. 
But still, I would like to tip my cap, seriously, to whomever first noticed this insane coincidence because I never, I never would have caught on to that. So I think whoever caught this should become a detective because that is some serious observational skills at work there. Uh, Thank you, Ryan. And let's keep the Ryan party going and talk to Ryan from Denver about the Cybertruck. Hey, Ryan. This is Ryan from Denver, and I am calling in to talk about the Cybertruck. For reasons that I won't get into because uh, I want to keep my call short, I'm seriously considering trading in my Model 3 for a Cybertruck. But I just had a couple questions that I think that you might be uniquely qualified to answer for me. Uh, first of all, as someone who has ridden in a Cybertruck, what did you think of the rear headroom? In pictures, it really kind of looks like the Cybertruck does not have great rear headroom. And I am a person that typically has trouble with uh, back seats in cars having room for my head. For example, in my Model 3, I can't sit in the back seat. There's not enough room. Um, second question is about the stainless steel body. Um, as someone who has owned a car with a stainless steel body, did you find that it got super hot in the sun? Am I going to have to be careful not to burn myself if it's been sitting in the sun for a while? Uh, lastly, is something that I uh, think I heard or read um, that Elon had tweeted or said that the Cybertruck would have the ability to autonomously uh, back up to a trailer and position the, the receiver um, for you, and which I think would be a fantastic feature and super useful, but I haven't seen it discussed anywhere or talked about or referenced at all, so I'm kind of wondering if I imagined it. So wondering, did you hear the same thing? Have you heard anything about it since? Thanks, Ryan. Uh, talk, talk to you later. Bye. Ryan, I have good news on your first question. The headroom is excellent in the second row of the Cybertruck. I am not a super tall guy, but when I was back there, I was in that second row, I looked up, there was plenty of room above back there, even though that rear glass roof piece is sloping down towards the rear of the truck as it's you know above you, it's, it's sloping downwards. But nobody I spoke with at the reveal or since that got to go for a ride in it as well even mentioned it. So... Personally, I don't think headroom is going to be an issue for many people. Definitely not in the first row, because in that front row, the glass is going up. You're, you're gaining headroom as, it's, as the glass is, is getting above your head. It's just it's the second row where it starts to slope back down. But yeah, I, even, even in that second row, I do not think it's going to be a problem. Now, second thing about uh, what you were calling about, I definitely can speak to your stainless steel in the sun question, and I can speak very much from personal experience, because not only did I own a DeLorean, as you mentioned, I owned it in Arizona and drove it every day, yes, even in the summertime when it was 110 degrees out, and yes, the answer is the stainless steel body will get hot. It will get pretty darn hot, actually, to the point that I would say... Be glad that you will be able to turn the air conditioning on from your Tesla app before you walk out to your Cybertruck. And of course, window tinting will be advised in in warm climates as well to help keep some of that heat out. Uh, With my DeLorean, which uh, I purposely did not tint the windows of because I just wanted to retain a 
I, I wanted to keep it looking very original. Uh, it The DeLorean only had these little toll booth windows as far as what the part that could open. Only the toll booth window opened. The rest of the glass was fixed. But thankfully, the DeLorean did have a pretty good air conditioning system. Third, uh, to cover the third thing you brought up, I do not recall Elon addressing an autonomous approach feature for a trailer with the Cybertruck. I, so I can't definitively say he didn't talk about it. Maybe I just don't remember it either, but uh, I am not recalling it. So I hope that helps, Ryan. Thanks so much for your call. Let me go out to Hollywood and talk to Chris next. Chris, go ahead. Hey, Ryan, it's Chris from Hollywood uh, with a question and a feature suggestion. Um, question is, does anyone else notice the uh, sort of the floor, the the, uh, the undercarriage of the car uh, flexing and, uh, and making noise? I'm sitting here at a supercharger in Oregon and um, heard a, a familiar sort of twang that I've also heard while driving. I assume it's the undercarriage uh, maybe heating up or cooling down. Um, and it, you know, it was a concerning sound to me at first. I shouldn't be getting used to that, but if that happens to everybody else, but if it's, uh, uh, if it is just me, that would be good to know. Uh, the feature suggestion is uh, the one thing that my wife misses about her, uh, her car is that uh, she had a panic button on her, uh, on her, car key. And that's not something that uh, the Tesla offers. And it's something that would make her feel uh, a little bit more secure walking through uh, dark parking lots at night. And I'm a little surprised that we don't have that. Um, maybe we just haven't figured it out. I don't know. Uh, let me know what you think. Love the show. Thanks. Bye. I am happy to help with this, Chris. I have experienced it as well. You are definitely not the only one. What you're hearing there are the battery breathers and specifically pressure changes in them. If your Model 3 is old enough, it might have a service bulletin update for it so you can get them changed out for free to updated ones. Now, to be clear, they are still going to make a bit of those noises, but it's not it's it's toned down a decent bit. I had the upgrade done on my car cuz it was old enough. Uh, and the, the sounds are definitely still there, but again, not as prominent. So I'm, I'm happy to have had the, the free upgrade done there. Uh, I mean, I had it done while I was in for something else anyway. So it was, in fact, I think, oh, that was, yeah, that was when I got my hardware three upgrade. It had, did the battery breathers at the same time. So two birds, one stone. Anyway, uh, as for the panic button, I completely agree that it would be a really good thing but I suppose the problem is that if you've got a three or a Y and you're using the phone key, you would have to make a lot of swipes and touches to even get to the Tesla app to push a potential panic button. And if you're using the Model 3 or Model Y key card, it's obviously impossible. There's no button. It's just a it's just a little card. It's just a dumb, dumb card. It's not uh, doesn't have any speakers or it's not connected to anything. So. I'm not sure what the solution is, but I do agree that it would be a good feature to have if there is a smart way to implement it. Thank you very much for your call, Chris. Jennifer from Sacramento is next. Jennifer, you're on the air. 
Hey, Ryan. My name is Jennifer. I am a listener from Sacramento, California, and a new Model Y owner. I picked up my Model Y back in May, May 19th to be exact. Um, I was very lucky in terms of the quality of the build. The car had one minor little paint area um, at a seam that I was able to bring in and get fixed, no problem. Um, So my call is a feature I would love to see in the car. Um, I I kind of kiddingly nickname it Smart Stop. Um, it's similar like when you're driving an autopilot or even if you're on cruise control where the car will stop for you at stop signs and traffic lights. I just thought this would be a really cool feature to have all the time. Something like Joe Mode, for instance, that you can toggle on and off um, that even when you are completely handling the car yourself, the car will just know to stop at a stop sign or stoplight. Anyways, love the podcast. Keep doing what you do. Um, You're awesome at it, and I enjoy listening every week. So thanks, Ryan. Great to hear from you, Jennifer, and I am also glad to hear that you're enjoying your new Model Y. Uh, I think we're definitely heading for something like that as an active safety feature. In fact, If you use the traffic adaptive cruise control without the auto steer and with the traffic light slash stop sign functionality turned on, it kind of does that already, although admittedly not quite in the way that you're describing. But yeah, that is a great idea for a toggleable active safety feature that I think is a very realistic one that could absolutely come to fruition. So good stuff. Thank you so much for calling in. Jared from Seattle is next, uh, responding to the topic last week about the so-called Hardware 4 chip that's that's apparently in the works. Jared, you're on the air. Hi, Ryan and Tesla community. This is Jared from Seattle. Uh, first of all, Ryan, thanks for all you do with these episodes. I know it takes a lot of time. Um, it's both very entertaining and very informative for me, so thanks very much. Um, I'm calling in response to the news story you reported on last week about the potential hardware 4 chip um, coming out of the manufacturing facility in China. Um, Given the size of the wafer and the relatively few number of chips that they plan to get per wafer, um, at least is what I read from the um, Tesla Radio or Electric article. I forget exactly where I read that. Uh, But those specs... They just sound like this is too big a chip for the car. Um, someone in the comments on the post that I read suggested that it might make more sense in the Dojo computers, um, and that seems to fit in terms of the size a lot better. So just a, another potential theory. It may not be for hardware for. Thanks, and hope everyone's staying safe and healthy. Great to hear from you, Jared, and I am glad you called in with this because, yes, I agree, that would actually make a lot of sense. Dojo is, after all, a major project that is going to be fundamental to the ongoing development of autopilot as it continues to build towards full self-driving. If these are specialized chips designed to feed and learn from the neural net as efficiently as possible, then that would be of great use to Tesla. So this definitely could end up being what these are used for. I guess we'll find out, eh, you know, in about a year or so, once they start making their way into Tesla's hands and one way or the other word about them gets out to the public. But still, I mean, I I say that jokingly, but I mean, yeah, it'll, it'll it'll be interesting to see if we actually find out what these end up getting used for. 
Matthew from Georgia is next. Welcome to the podcast, Matthew. Hello, Ryan and fellow Tesla enthusiasts. This is Matthew from Chickamauga, Georgia. Um, I just wanted to first and foremost state that three weeks ago, I had no inkling to ever purchase a Tesla or anything like that, or really any knowledge of them uh, until I found this podcast while I was on a long work trip. Uh, I'm proud to say that as of August 22nd, I have officially ordered my first Tesla Model 3, white exterior, white interior. Um, my question surrounded around the delivery times and how that can fluctuate depending on your region and obviously where you are at in the quarter. My Tesla representative at Tesla Nashville um, let me know that if I can get it in before the end of August, I would have a pretty high chance of getting it before the end of September. Um, I'm also East Coast as well. So I was wondering, Ryan, if you could kind of clear that up for me, if you have any kind of background information as to uh, how that may differ via region and time period and where we're at in the quarter and kind of get that cleared up. Again, I greatly appreciate it. Big fan of the show. Uh, have a great day. Hey, Matthew, congratulations on your Model 3 order. That is awesome. First, let me confidently reassure you, not with 100% certainty since I'm not Tesla, but I'm going to go ahead and call it 99% certainty that you are going to get your car by September 30th. And the reason for that is because there is always a big push to deliver as many cars by the end of each quarter as possible. And the fact that you ordered with a good, what, five weeks to go in the quarter leaves me very confident that you are not going to have to wait any longer than those five weeks. Beyond that, though, it's honestly tough to predict. If there's a car that happens to be heading towards your region that matches your configuration, hey, you could have it in as soon as a week or two. But honestly, that's just tough for uh, me sitting here as somebody who covers Tesla but doesn't have access to their <laughs> to anything internally. I just can't predict that. But I do hope that helps you. Secondly, uh, since you are a newer listener, and you know maybe this could be helpful to some other newer listeners out there, maybe people who either haven't purchased a Tesla yet or are brand new owners, so back in November of 2018, yeah, November 2018, I had to go back and check, I did a special bonus extra episode that, uh, you know, it wasn't a Patreon thing. I just put it out for, for anybody. It was called a Tesla Beginner's Guide. So if you Google that plus Ride the Lightning, so just like Ride the Lightning Tesla Beginner's Guide, you should find it rather easily. Now, granted, that episode is now what? It's almost two years old, so... Admittedly, some of the information in there is is definitely going to be outdated. I don't want to I don't want to sugarcoat it. But um, if you do take a listen to it sometime, hey, maybe some of it might be helpful to you as you get ready for uh, get ready for your car and then get familiar with your new car. Maybe not. You know, hey, just want to throw it out there because I know got new people coming that find the podcast all the time. And November 2018, you have to you'd have to dig back pretty far <laughs> into my archive at this point to find that. So thought I would mention it just in case it is uh, it is of use to any yourself or anybody else out there. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. And again, congratulations on that imminent Model Three. Finally, this week I want to go to uh, a, a regular caller, friend of the podcast, Mike from Boston. Uh, has uh, been on some road trips and has some feedback about the how Tesla handles that in the in-car navigation system. Mike, you are on the air. 
Hey, Ryan, it's Mike from Boston. Long time no talk. Hope you and your family and Maggie are well. Um, I have a question. I've been doing some long road trips uh, from New England, south of New England, um, and I have to go through New York. And Route 95 and the George Washington Bridge is horrible, even when there's very little traffic. So I want to go over the Tappan Zee Bridge, which is north of the George Washington Bridge, still in New York. Anyway, um, I cannot get the mapping system on my 2018 Long Range Model 3 to um, route me that way. So, like, even though, like, if I go into Apple Maps or Google Maps, you know, you can pick the route and say, okay, go that way. Um, even if I do that and send it to the Tesla, the Tesla will always take the shortest route, which is not always the fastest route. Is there a way to, um, besides what I have been doing is going from my house to a point on the other side of the Tappan Zee Bridge, which is the one I want to use, and then from there to my destination? Um, but is there a way to force the... GPS system in the Model 3 to use an alternate route from the one that it picks for you. Uh, and the main reason I want to do that is because of the supercharging network, which I need. Um, and I know there's a better route planner, which I have tried, but it also tends to try the shortest route, which is not the best route in my case. Anyway, I'd love to know the answer to this. Um, and as always, thank you for doing the podcast. It's awesome. I've been listening since the very beginning, uh, which is a long time now. Um, keep up the good work. Best to you and your family. Take care, my friend. And uh, the Tesla community is awesome. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Mike, it's always great to hear from you. Well, I'm afraid the answer here is no, there is no currently no support for custom or alternate routes in the car. It is, however, a frequently requested feature, and that's why I am confident that it is going to happen at some point. But for now, all you can do is try to kind of brute force it the way you want to go by maybe telling the car that you want to go somewhere else that's along the alternate route that you want, and then when you're sort of on that route and the, the car is seeing that to then put in your actual desired destination again kind of once you're far enough along the way you could try that I'm sorry I don't have better news for you on this one but as always Mike I appreciate your calls and thank you to everybody that called in this week I'll do more calls next week of course another week another show plenty more callers It'll be great to hear from everybody again. I invite you to call in if you'd like to participate, if there's something on your mind related to the world of Tesla. Give me a call. I gave you the call-in information at the top of this segment, and so we will do it again next week. But for now, stay tuned. I'm going to tell you about what I've been up to this week in my car, and then the pro tip of the week, and then some parting thoughts right after this.
Well, some good news for me as far as what I've been up to with my car, which I have named the Spirit of Adventure after uh, the Zeppelin in Up, one of my favorite movies and definitely my personal favorite Pixar movie. Anyway, that's a whole other podcast, favorite Pixar movies. <laughs> anyway, uh, I finally got my zero G wheels this week. It took four months, but I'm grateful it finally happened. Uh, I want to thank Michael at Tesla San Francisco for his diligent help, as well as uh, another friend who shall remain nameless that helped helped kind of solve. There was there was kind of a little bit of a back end issue with it, uh, which this person helped solve. So uh, I think he's listening. He will know who he is. And thank you. But yes, uh, I got my zero G wheels. And let me start by let me get just the bad news out of the way first. Unfortunately, you know, you hear a lot there. I mean, there are plenty of great Tesla service experiences. I've knock on wood, not really had a, a, a bad problem with Tesla service. I've had a couple of annoyances, I would say. Um, but in fact, my very first service appointment was kind of annoying. But that that's I told that story forever ago about the taillight that they that they didn't want to repair, uh, replace under warranty, even though it was cracked from the factory. Anyway, uh, so with this, you know, I've been waiting four months. My appointment finally comes along. I bring the car in. I pull into the bay, and they've got the touchless thing going. So you scan a QR code, check in on online on your phone, and then they call you from inside so that, again, social distance, nobody's near each other. So I, I get a, they, they call from inside and they say, well, this, it turns out, uh, we're, and by the way, my appointment was at 11 a.m. Okay. 11 a.m. They call and say, well, we're not, we're not going to be able to get your car done today. So do you want to reschedule or we can give you Uber voucher credits? And I'm, and this is while I'm on the phone, I'm sitting in the car. I've made arrangements to be there. And so kind of it's it's leaving me on the spot to like I you know I got to make a decision cuz I'm on the phone I'm in I'm, I'm sitting there in the service center at on time for my appointment and basically leaving me kind of in a tough spot with either uh you know I I having a do I try to text my wife real quick see if she can come get me but she's busy she's working she's also managing our our daughter at home you know with the with school and stuff and or and then do I or do I reschedule I've been waiting for this for four months I said okay well when's your next appointment well not till not this Friday but next Friday so another week and a half and I didn't want to do that I didn't want to wait longer uh so okay well I guess I'll just let's do it and take the uber home but in a pandemic like It was fine, but I mean, I don't feel comfortable, honestly, and you can agree with me. Maybe you're totally comfortable. I don't, I'm not judging anybody or anything, but it's, it wasn't a very comfortable thing for me to, to, with the idea of, of doing an Uber home, uh, even on the, the Tesla credit, but I went ahead and did that. And to the Uber guy's credit, I mean, the, the car was, everything was great. The guy, it was everything was all fine. I felt a lot more comfortable once I was in the car, but just the idea of it. But it's like, they told me that the Tesla guy tells me, oh, well, you know, I'm sorry, we couldn't give you more notice. These things change even every 15 minutes. And like, well, guys, come on, this is the easy part. I mean, I I don't want to pretend I know how to do that job, but like, you know how long 
a uh, it is to put four new tires on, and then they were also I will give them a lot of credit for this actually. They proactively uh, said we'd like to do an alignment, and of course that I had to pay for. That was not part of the referral winnings like the wheels were. So happy to pay the tab for that, no problem. So I was glad that they proactively suggested that because. I, my, I think my like my very first tire rotation, maybe I think I had asked the the service tech, oh, you know, how when should I get an alignment done? It's oh, about every two years. And well, sure enough, it's now just been just over. In fact, it's been two years and a month as of uh, well, as of tomorrow when I record this as of Saturday. But anyway, um, so that was great. But yeah, I just kind of was left in this very awkward and kind of uncomfortable position of. You know, because my plan was to wait for it. I thought it's just you know, it's it's four wheels going on it. It's an alignment. That's a not a long job, but you know they know how long that job takes. They know how long most of the jobs that the cars are in there for are going to take. Uh, it, you know, it, if you'd have told me ahead of time, we I don't think you know that they they're not going to probably not going to have it done that day. Then I could have arranged. I could have planned for and arranged uh, a ride from my wife or something. So that was a little frustrating, but ultimately got home okay. It was fine. And then uh, I picked the car up the next morning and all of that melted away because when I walked into the service uh, service bay and saw my car sitting there and I came at it kind of from the back first. And so I was kind of you know, coming towards the driver's side so I could just see like part of the side of the back left zero G wheel. And it's like this gunmetal gray color. And I was like, oh, this, this isn't, this is awesome. This looks super aggressive and sporty already. And sure enough, I really, really like the look of them. Um, I was just, I did a, I, I put shots on my Instagram, uh, sort of a, a before and after I took, I took a picture as I dropped it off at, at the service center with the the original wheels and then I did another one when I picked it up with the new ones and it really does change the personality of the car like I love the original wheels the 20 specifically the 20s as you guys know um, I I was in love with those wheels on the on the Alpha prototype on March 31st 2016 when they when they first rolled out you know there were three prototypes each with a different wheel design and boy, that the the silver prototype that had those what we now know as the stiletto wheels, in on, and it was twenty inch on the prototype. I was like, oh man, that looks fantastic. It's it's fairly minimalist but sporty and kind of elegant. Really loved them. I was so hoping that the twenties specifically would go into production. Ultimately, they did on the performance model, and I was so lucky to get them. But I have to say, these zero Gs. I I don't know if I would say I like them better necessarily i like them as much for sure they're different they're just very different and they really i think change the personality of the car they give it a real uh just distinct look different look a sportier look i feel a more aggressive look and uh and i'm really happy with them i'm really thrilled about it so um now the thing is and i've heard from some people some of you on instagram already um, now I'm actually wondering, well, in in light of the gunmetal gray wheels, plus the story that I did this week about the uh, the dark window trim, the, the chrome delete, as it were, that may be coming to all the new Model 3s pretty soon. Now I'm sitting here wondering, well, 
should I Chrome delete the car now? To, to map, but not in black, not like the Model Y and what will probably be the Model 3, but in, in a gunmetal gray to match the wheels. Because these wheels are staying on, except uh, I'm going to, as I said, I'm going to keep, keep uh, the old ones are in my garage. They're in tire totes stacked in my garage. And I'm going to have winter tires mounted on those. And if I ever do any winter trips, I'll put those on because, of course, those of you uh, with performance Model 3s know the tires that we have. They are summer tires. They are unsafe. They are not to be used in winter conditions. So uh, I'll hang on to those for winter purposes. But anyway, uh, so now, yeah, I am contemplating, do I do a gunmetal gray chrome delete to match the wheels? That could look really cool, but it's kind of, it's a big, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I've always been kind of a, a purist with the look of a car. Uh, my DeLorean, I always kept it very, I mean, I modernized the guts of it, I mean, mostly the electrical system and all just the old stuff that was flawed or needed to be improved. Um, but I always kept my DeLorean looking factory original because I love and appreciate the original look that Giagiaro designed at Ital Design. And, uh, and I feel that way about my Tesla as well. You know, with, with Franz von Holzhausen, his brilliant designer, I want to sort of respect his his vision and I like, you know, if, but then again, if, you know, Franz Chrome deleted his own car, if you've seen pictures of it from, from back in the, uh, in the beginning of the model three days. So Franz has done it. And if he's doing it to the model Y now, and perhaps the model three, that's clearly he's on board with it. So anyway, I'm talking way too long here, but all that is to say that I am now contemplating taking it a step further and doing a gunmetal gray Chrome delete on the door handles, window trim, mirror trim, and uh, autopilot side repeater cameras to match the cool new wheels. So we'll see. If you have an opinion, I'd be happy to hear from you. <laughs> but but don't feel obligated. It's uh, I, I'm going to think about it. Anyway, uh, moving on this week. Pro tip of the week. Nathan from Tucson with a navigate on autopilot tip. Go ahead, Nathan. Ryan. Nathan from Tucson again. I got another Tesla tip for you. So when you're on autopilot in a Model 3, not sure about the S or the X, uh, when you're exiting the freeway, the autopilot seems to decrease in five mile an hour increments. So if it's, say, 75, it'll go to 70, 65, 60, and so on. If you want to freeze that wherever you want it, let's say 70 miles an hour, 65 miles an hour, you just click the right scroll wheel button, the one that normally adjusts the speed. Click that up one notch, and it'll freeze the speed at wherever it was at, and it will no longer decrease it by that five-mile-an-hour increment. Hope this helps some people. As always, love your show. Take care. That's a new one for me, Nathan. Thank you so much for calling in. That is useful because in certain situations, at least for me, it slows down too much on a long off-ramp that I would rather proceed faster down either because of traffic behind me or just in general. I would feel more comfortable and, and safe going faster on the off-ramp. So thank you very much for that one. I appreciate it. And again, if you've got a pro tip of the week, something you've found about your Tesla that may not be in the owner's manual and or super obvious that would be of, of uh, interest 
to your fellow Tesla owners and enthusiasts, send it in my way. You can, you can call in the same way that you call in for the Ride the Lightning hotline. All right, time to hit the road. I wanted to start by mentioning abstractocean.com. They are offering, as usual, the 15% discount off of their inventory if uh, you are a first-time customer and you use the coupon code RTLPODCAST, all one word, RTLPODCAST, whether you're interested in a new interior lighting kit, maybe a brighter uh, lighting kit or a different color or both, uh, you can do that. They've got the vinyl uh, wraps for the center consoles to change the look and feel there. Tempered glass screen protectors for the Model 3 and Model Y, and a whole bunch more, abstractocean.com. Meanwhile, snap plate for Model 3, Y, X, and now, as of very recently, the Model S, you can get that at livingtesla.com slash RTL. That's the front license plate bracket that snaps on and off, but securely in seconds. You do need a tool. You can just keep that tool in your glove box or center console, uh, so nobody's going to be taking it, but you can easily put it on and take it off for car shows to put on uh, for to at parking meters, car washes, whatever you're up to, you can easily get it on and off. It will not scratch the car and it will not uh, interfere with autopilot or the radiator or anything else. Clean, minimal design, which I very much applaud. So uh, to get one, check them out, livingtesla.com slash RTL. And then, of course, Immaculate Reflections. I will actually be making another return visit to Immaculate Reflections to get my new wheels ceramic coated. The Tesla guys, uh, Jeff, actually, he might hear this before he hears it from me in person. The Tesla guys, they were nice enough. I, I had bought tire totes for because I knew I was going to have to transport my old wheels, tires and wheels, back home in my car. I had no other good way to get them home. So I didn't want them dirtying up, especially my white interior. So, you know, seats folded down. They were able, uh, it was like kind of two of them in the trunk area and two of them in the in the back, uh, the second row. So I bought these tire totes and the Tesla service team was nice enough. They bagged up the tires very, very cleanly and nicely and loaded them in the car for me. And I had a, the, the my main Tesla contact that, uh, that did the job, uh, that was my sort of go-to, called me after, very nice, just to follow up and see if everything went okay because uh, I didn't get to see him when I picked the car up. And he said, yeah, our guys were wondering, how were your wheels so clean after they've been on the car? And I had to tell them, ceramic coating. Then the dirt just, it it uh, it stays off in the first place. And then when it gets on, it comes off very easily. So yeah, I'm going to get the new ones ceramic coated to help keep them looking very clean all the time. So if you want to get ceramic coating on your wheels or for sure your car, uh, so that you don't have to wax the thing for a while, or you're doing paint protection film, paint correction, whatever you're up to, Immaculate Reflections, if you're in the Bay Area or going to be in the Bay Area, that is where you want to go, irdetailing.com, to book in with Jeff. And remember to mention that you're a Ride the Lightning listener, and you will get a discount. Meanwhile, puretesla.com slash RTL, has got you covered for the dash cam, a one-stop shop there. Uh, grab the 128 gigabyte kit for $49 or 
or step up to the 256 gig kit for $69. Comes fully formatted, ready to go. Take it out of the package, which by the way, they ship free in the United States. S plug it straight into your car, good to go. You don't have to worry about it. You've got a ton of storage for your sentry mode and dash cam from now on. So grab that very useful Tesla accessory there, as is the Jada wireless charging pad for the Model 3, as well as their USB hub for the 3 and the Y. Uh, they've got the new USB hub has another, has an extra additional port on it. So there's USB, uh, regular USB ports plus USB-C ports on the USB hub plus my favorite thing, the magnetic, the dummy wall that, that comes off and that's where you hide your puretesla.com slash RTL dash cam kit back there. So if anybody ever did get into your car, they would have no idea where to find the evidence to remove. So you will have your evidence. Anyway, uh, if you are interested in the wireless charging pad for the Model 3 and or the USB hub for the 3 or the Y, you can get that. Please use my referral link, which is getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight and Jada spelled J-E-D-A and try that coupon code. It is there for you. I mean, don't try it, use it. It will for sure work. Coupon code ride the lightning, all one word to get a little discount off of your Jada purchase. Thank you, Jada, for offering that to the Ride the Lightning audience. And finally, the Patreon I mentioned at the top, so I won't linger on it here. Thank you to everybody who has signed up this month in celebration of the five-year anniversary. If you are out there and maybe you've been listening for a while and you think, you know what? This Ryan guy puts in a lot of work. I appreciate this podcast. Maybe I can think about supporting him. You can find all the information for how to do that on my Patreon page, which is found at patreon.com slash Podcast. Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. There are some little perks and bonuses, depending which tier that you, pl uh, that you uh, decide to support me at. But as always, I want to make it clear, the podcast will always be free. The Patreon is purely an optional opt-in support, which uh, if, you're able, if you're willing and able to do that for me, I sincerely, sincerely appreciate it. You can subscribe to this podcast totally free on pretty much any major podcast service so that you don't have to remember to go find the new episode. It will find you instead. I'm on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, yes, in your Tesla. I'm also on Spotify, and you can find me on YouTube as well. There's no video, it is just audio, but if you do want to listen on YouTube, just search Ride the Lightning Tesla on YouTube and you'll find my channel there and you can easily subscribe. Well, I think that will about wrap it up other than saying the usual thank you to the wonderful Patreon producers. So let me start there, including with our my two new ones, the newest Patreon producers. There's Nick and Tony together, thank you very much, as well as Tesla Hitchhiker 42 Sincerely appreciate the support from all three of you. And then, of course, there's the rest of the Patreon producers. Hud Hassel, my friend on Twitter, at Rodam, Noel and Lucy Murphy, Jamie Dalton, Seth Capello, Jerome Strack, Jared Brown, Steve Radspinner, Aaron Altshul, Chris Beach, Ramey from TeslaProTips.com, Ish, Mark Eversoll, Mark, uh, excuse me, Michael Regal, sorry about that, Michael, the Lydia Family, 
uh, Trenton from, from Myrtle Beach, Matt Kalen, Richard Folkers, Chase Cabanillas, Jeff Angwin, Stig Mickey Jensen, Evie Tricity UK, Will Stedman, Dennis Peake, Sunil Joseph, David Perella, Neil Weaver, Kaz Barnes, Charlie Gillespie, Matthew Wright, John Cody, uh, Ron Lee, Rob Brewer, Jeremy Harris, Tesla Owners Taiwan, Jeremy, Daniel Grummer, Dory and Steve Guberman, Joel Sapp, Lyle Austin, Jerry and Mary Smith, David Nondahl, Eric Randolph, Luke A., Ulrich Lassa, David Vakil, Peter Chalet, Lawton from Chicago, Tim Hyde, Joe Edgel, Jason Chalukas, Robert Maracle, Logan Willis, Alexi Heft, Jonathan Wales, David Brander, George Cassiopo, and Pete White. Thank you all so very much for your support. It makes a genuine positive difference in my life. Thank you all. And that... I believe, we'll wrap it up for uh, what I think was a fairly long edition of Ride the Lightning. If you made it this far, thank you very much for your time, for your attention. Both of those are extremely precious commodities, and I do not take either one for granted. So I hope you are all doing very well, very healthy, and I wish you happy electric motoring when you are out there. And I will see you back here, of course, Next week, every Sunday, 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, that is. Nice little vocal flub to end the show. Why not? 9 a.m. East, 6 a.m. Pacific, every week for a new episode of Ride the Lightning. I'll see you then. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.